Second Corinthians chapter three. You do not look throughout our history without finding that liberty is a major, major theme, especially of our founding fathers. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, we read in verse 17, Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty, is, as we said, is one of the trademarks of our nation. There were a group of individuals that became known as the Sons of Liberty. And we're familiar with the Liberty Tree and the Liberty Bell and the Statue of Liberty, Lady Liberty. And throughout the readings of our Founding Fathers, you will find liberty, liberty, liberty over and over again. We say, with liberty and justice for all. We are familiar with um, Patrick Henry before the Virginia Convention of Delegates gave his famous speech in which he said, They tell us, sir, that we are weak, unable to cope with so formidable an adversary. But when will we be stronger? Will it be the next week or the next year? Or will it be when we are totally disarmed and a British guard is stationed in every house? Shall we gather strength by irresolution and inaction? Shall we acquire the means of effectual resistance by lying supinely on our backs and hugging the delusive phantom of hope until our enemies have bound us hand and foot? Patrick Henry said, Sir, we are not weak. If we make proper use of the means which the God of nature hath placed in our power. There is a just God who presides over the destinies of nations and who will raise up friends to fight our battles for us. The battle, sir, is not to the strong alone. It is to the vigilant, to the active, to the brave. It is in vain, sir, to extenuate the matter. Gentlemen may cry, peace, peace. But there is no peace. The war has actually begun. The next gale that sweeps from the north will bring to our ears the clash of resounding arms. Our brethren are already in the field. Why stand we here idle? What is it that gentlemen wish? What would they have? Is life so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, Almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. 
those famous words of Patrick Henry were another part of God's decisive plan in raising up this nation. And their desire for liberty was something that was founded in their understanding of who God is and what God gives to us. We live in a day where liberty and freedom are often used interchangeably and are often used with a, a strange idea of what, what they mean. Many people, if you say liberty or freedom, they have the idea that I now have freedom, I have the right to do whatever I want. That is not at all what our founding fathers, that is not at all what God had in mind when He established liberty. Liberty is the privilege to do what is right. And our founding fathers understood that God gives to us liberties. They don't come from a government. They are inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness or the possession of property. These are things that God gives. He gives life. He gives liberty, the privilege, the opportunity to do what is right. And He is the one that gives the ownership that, that we enjoy. In understanding, there is no liberty without the Spirit of God. And our nation did not originate liberty. Liberty began before the worlds were formed in God, and God alone is the one who gives true liberty. In understanding that there is no liberty without the Spirit of God, <clears throat> what Paul wrote to the church at Corinth is very important for us to understand and realize in our lives today in understanding what liberty involves. As we know, God is a holy God. He is separate from sin. And in order for us to have liberty, the barrier between us and God must be destroyed. And that barrier is sin. I'm, I'm going to ask for some helpers to come up here. Slade, would you be willing to help me? Okay, could you come right up here? I'm going to let Slade represent God, okay? Will you do that for me? All right? Um, Slade will probably like this. Zeke, would you come up here? I'm going to have Zeke represent a sinner, okay? Are you okay with that? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Slade represents God. God entails all 
what we're talking about here today in liberty. Liberty is the opportunity, the privilege to do what is right. God is everything that is right. Zeke represents all of us. He is born in sin. He is separated from God. And there is a barrier between Zeke and God. And that barrier is sin. It's a barrier that is in his heart. He was born with it. It is a barrier that is around us. (coughs) And that barrier is sin. I am going to represent sin, okay? Is that is that all right with you? Okay, all right. So, there in order for Zeke or any one of us to have liberty, the barrier of sin must be dealt with. Now, God sent his only begotten son into the world to deal with sin. And Jesus Christ came, and all our sin of all the ages was placed upon Him, and our sin brought His death. But He conquered sin, so that sin is now a defeated foe. He conquered sin when He rose again from the dead, and He paved the way so that Zeke could have forgiveness of sin. Corden, could you come up here? Corden's going to represent the Holy Spirit, okay? All right. You won't have to do a whole lot here because the Holy Spirit's the quiet member of the Trinity, okay? So Zeke comes to the point where he realizes he's a sinner. He realizes his sin is a barrier between he and God. That if he doesn't deal with his sin, he will be separated from God for all eternity. And forever he understands that and he says, I need forgiveness and I need Jesus Christ. And he calls upon Jesus Christ. He says, God, I I cannot run my own life. I will be separated from you for all eternity. And I ask Jesus Christ to forgive my sin and save my soul and be the master of my life and run my life. And the minute he does that, the Holy Spirit becomes a member, indwells him. So that now Zeke is brought, bring him to God, okay? You can do that. Bring him to God, okay? So Zeke now has fellowship with the Father and the Holy Spirit dwells within him. In fact, you can stand right behind him. There you go, just like that. They don't even have to see you. Because the Holy Spirit dwells right within him. And this then, the power of sin in Zeke's life has been broken. Before, sit down here a minute, would you? Let's go back. We're rewinding. Zeke is still in sin. And you know what? Sin controlled Zeke. I said, go get angry at someone. And so he goes over here. Sin controlled him. And and sin said, be selfish. Take some money. No, don't take any money out. (laughs) But sin controlled him. He he was addicted to sin. He He had no other hope. Sin controlled him. But when he called upon Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit came here 
And the Holy Spirit broke the bondage of sin, took him to the Father, and he broke the bondage of sin so that the power of sin is broken. And now the life of God is imparted in his life, and he, <coughs> Zeke, now has the opportunity and the privilege to do what is right. That's liberty. But still, there's the pull of sin in his life, isn't there? And the Holy Spirit says, no, Zeke, don't do that. Don't listen to him. Pull him back that way, okay? You don't want to go that way. And, and the sin says, no, come on. Look at everybody else is doing it. And the Holy Spirit taps on his shoulder and says, get over here. How many of you can relate to this battle back and forth in our lives, right? But do you understand where the Spirit of the Lord is? There is liberty. Before Zeke had the Spirit of the Lord, he had no liberty. Anything that he chose was still sin. He had no liberty to do what is right. But when the Spirit of the Lord came into his life and brought him to a relationship with God, then he had the opportunity to do what is right because the barrier of sin was destroyed. The power of sin was broken. The life of God was now imparted in his life by the Holy Spirit dwelling within him. And now the rule of self has to be cast out. So, every day, every moment of Zeke's life, he has to decide, am I going to obey self, sin, or am I going to obey the Spirit? There is liberty in that choice. And when he obeys the Spirit, he then has liberty, and he has the, the power and the freedom at work in his life, to have genuine liberty. When he obeys the spirit, I mean the sin nature, when he obeys the flesh, what happens? He becomes a slave to sin again. And sin will take him where he didn't want to go. First of all, sin says, hey, Zeke, just come over here. And Zeke says, oh, that's not bad, one step. And then, oh, come over here, come over here. And pretty soon, sin has him clear down here. And sin will take you further than you wanted to go, it will keep you longer than you wanted to stay, and it will cost you more than you could ever pay. But, if Zeke comes back and he says, no, every day, every moment we decide, am I going to obey the Spirit or the flesh? And when he obeys the Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. It's not just meaning, oh, I'm a Christian, so I have the Spirit of God dwelling in me, so I'm a, I have liberty. No, you have liberty as you walk in the Spirit. And as you walk in the Spirit, you have liberty. So, thank you guys. Good job. Give them a round of applause. We, as believers, have been given the greatest free... <clears throat> excuse me, the greatest freedom of all, the freedom of the heart, the freedom from sin, the freedom that enables us to live 
and love God and to love others as God wants us to. We can be free from the bondage of sin, from the fear of man. It no longer needs to control us. We have the Spirit of God and we have the liberty to obey the Spirit of God. But as we mentioned, that liberty must be guarded. There's continually this battle that's going on. Turn to Galatians chapter 5, if you would. Galatians chapter 5. Notice what is written to these believers. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So, as we illustrated here, he's writing to believers and he said, Stand fast in this liberty that you have been granted and you have been made free in this liberty. Don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage, with the burden of sin, with going back, oh, I need to do this and this and this in order to earn my salvation. No, you have liberty in Christ. You are a child of Christ, of God's, by faith in Christ Jesus. You have the Spirit of God dwelling within you, and you can say no to sin. So he says, stand fast in the liberty. Why? It is too easy for us to get out of fellowship with the Spirit. In 1 Corinthians chapter 8, he he said, Take heed that your liberty does not become a stumbling block to others. That your liberty doesn't become a hindrance to others. Notice if you'd look in Galatians chapter 5 and just down a few more verses. Verse 13. For brethren, you have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh but by love serve one another. He said, you have been called to liberty, the the privilege and the opportunity to do right. You are not bound by the law. Christ fulfilled the law. But he said, that doesn't mean, hey, I've been called to liberty. I can just sit back and relax, wait for God to come and do nothing. No. He says, you have been called to liberty And use your liberty as an occasion to serve others. Don't let your liberty be a license to sin. Let your liberty be an opportunity by which you may serve others. So do you understand? He's saying liberty must be guarded. And only God's Word is the way that we can guard our liberty. James chapter 1 and verse 25 says that he who looks into the law of liberty. That's kind of a contradiction of terms, isn't it? A law of liberty. We think of the law as being something that binds us. But it's the law of liberty. It's the good news of the gospel. It's the the blessed hope that God gives us through Jesus Christ. And it is this law that gives us the freedom 
and the opportunity to do what is right. Without God's Word, there, there is no liberty. <clears throat> Many of our founding fathers <clears throat> understood where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. They understood the bondage of sin. And whether or not they were born-again Christians, they understood the reality of the power of the Word of God. Thomas Jefferson said, The reason that Christianity is the best friend of government is because Christianity is the only religion in the world that deals with the heart. Do you understand? What we illustrated here with Zeke is dealing with the heart. I am in bondage to my own desires, my own passions, my own lusts. Well, this is what I feel like doing. Well, you may feel like doing that, but it doesn't mean it's right just because you feel like doing it. In most cases, it probably means it's wrong. But Christianity, God sending His Son to pay the penalty for our sin, is the only religion that deals with the heart. And our founding fathers preached over and over again, in essence, this truth. What we are giving you is something that is a republic that can only be preserved by a moral and righteous people. And if we cease to be moral, if we cease to be seeking after God, if we lose self-control, they said, this government will not work. We are living examples that what they said is true. And we have, we have rapidly, in the last several years, moved from being a rule of law, meaning the Constitution is our ruler. We don't have a king. We're not a monarchy. We're not an oligarchy. We're, we are the rule of the people. That doesn't mean a democracy. It means a rule of the people electing representatives who will come under the law, the Constitution. And they said, in order for people to elect representatives who will come under the Constitution, you must have a people who have self-control, who have morals, who have righteousness. And that's why they said, Christianity is the best friend of government because it is the only thing that deals with the heart. It's the only thing that arrests corruption. It's the only thing that will make a man refuse bribes and do what is right even when it costs him. It's the only thing that will cause a person to do right even though it may mean his own life. And it's only because of the Spirit of God that gives a person the liberty 
to not be a slave to sin. So that means the greatest thing that we can do for American liberty is to point people to Jesus Christ. What America needs is individuals that know Christ coming and helping other individuals come to know Christ so that they can walk in liberty. And that's the greatest thing we can do for American liberty is to point people to Jesus Christ, the author of all liberty. (coughs) And so we ask ourselves, Patrick Henry says, Give me liberty or the Spirit of God. Give me the liberty. Where the Spirit is, there is liberty. Give me liberty or give me death. So we come back and ask ourselves, first of all, have you received Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God so that you have the opportunity to do what is right? I fear there are people that have grown up hearing all about this but they've, and they're trying to live the Christian life, but they've never personally received Christ so they don't have the Spirit spiritual life in them. They're not alive spiritually. And they're trying to live it. And they get upset and they get bothered and they give up. Why? We can't live the Christian life without the Spirit of God. So, we ask, first of all, have you received Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin? And does the Spirit of God dwell in you so that you have the liberty to obey Christ? Secondly, we ask, you have received Christ. Are you obeying the Spirit of God or are you obeying the flesh? It needs to be guarded. Don't use your liberty as an occasion to the flesh. He says, stand in the liberty. Don't be entangled again. And he's continually mentioning. He goes on in Galatians chapter 5 where we looked earlier. He said, these are the fruits of the flesh. And these are the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. He said there's a stark contrast. And he says, walk in these. Walk in the Spirit. Take a look at your life. What do I find showing up in my life? Is there hatred and envying and strife and immorality? Those are all the works of the flesh. Is there genuine love? Is there joy in the midst of adversity? Is there peace? Those are the fruit of the Spirit. That's the liberty. And when we know submission to God, when we keep submitting to the Spirit of God, we'll have the liberty of a clear conscience. There's nothing more freeing and liberating as a clear conscience. We'll have the liberty of walking in victory. There's nothing like the joy of victory, and we'll have the liberty that we can look forward to meeting the Lord again because you're walking in the Spirit of God? Seriously, look at your own life. Is there a manifestation of liberty in your life? Is there a manifestation of the control of the Spirit of God in your life? And we sometimes think, well, what can I do? The mess that our nation is. 
The greatest thing you can do is point people to Jesus Christ. The greatest thing that we can do. Because then the Spirit starts working in their life to bring the changes necessary to make them a citizen that honors God. To make them a person that has beliefs that honor God. What good does it do us to convince someone to to take the right stands if they never trust Christ and spend an eternity in the lake of fire? God is not interested in saving America. He is interested in saving Americans. And Brazilians and Frenchmen and the rest of the world. And sometimes it's hard for us to get in our mind that America is not the apple of God's eye. God doesn't love America any more than He does any other people. We have been blessed because we've had founding fathers and leaders that have led us under the umbrella of God's law. But it's not like God says, oh, it's America. And God's number one plan, as we said, is not in saving America, but He wants to save Americans. He wants them to come to the liberty in Jesus Christ. What are you doing to promote the liberty and justice for all? Heavenly Father, I pray that first of all, if there are individuals here who have never truly come to know You as their personal Lord and Savior, I pray today that they would come to know the liberty of being freed from the burden of our sin from the weight of trying to do enough to being forgiven. And then, Lord, I pray for every believer here that they would guard that liberty, that they, we would not use that liberty as an occasion to the flesh. <clears throat> but, Lord, that we would obey Your Spirit And that we would know the power of Your Spirit working in us to be an instrument used to help bring others to the liberty of Your Spirit. While our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, you're here today and you'd say, Pastor, I am not sure that I am a child of God. I am not sure the Spirit of God dwells within me. I am concerned about that. I wish you would remember me in prayer. I'm not going to call your name. I'm not going to embarrass you, but you'd say, I am concerned about that. Yes, I see that hand. You may put it down. Are there any others? Yes, I see those hands. Any others? I am concerned. I am not sure I am a child of God. 